We continue to monitor the situation when it comes to preventing a government shutdown in Washington, D.C. Major Garrett, CBS's chief Washington correspondent, the creator of Agent of Betrayal, a on-fire podcast on Apple and Spotify and everywhere else, and the Takeout podcast heard on WTMJ. Major, thank you so much for being with us. Great to be with you, John. Greetings from Atlanta, where I'm on assignment doing a story on uh, election integrity issues. But uh, I'm pretty dialed in on what's going on in the nation's capital. Well, let's talk about that then for a second here. The House is set to vote this afternoon on that stopgap measure. And here's what's happened. No surprise. The Freedom Caucus has come out, and there's about 30 members who say, we will not vote in favor of this. That means Democrats, almost 30 of them, would need to vote in favor of this for it to pass. Take us inside this dynamic today. So this is a low-level test for the new House Speaker, and he's going to pass it. This will happen. House Democratic leaders are supportive. More than enough Democrats will vote for this. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer is generally speaking in favor of it. Minority Leader, this is going to happen, and we're going to avert a government shutdown by the end of this week. Essentially what Speaker Johnson has done is said, we don't, we don't, meaning we, the House Republicans, don't have any negotiating leverage. We don't want to shut down. So we will extend some spending authority to January 19th, the rest of the spending authority until February 2nd. So there won't be any drama, John, for you or me or anyone else in the Capitol Hill press corps. And trust me, that includes uh, lots of reporters. It includes the staff of the Capitol. It includes the lawmakers themselves. No one's going to have to be there until Christmas Eve to pass a spending bill to avert a shutdown. All of that's going to be averted. And then negotiations will begin in the new year about actual spending cuts, and that's when House Republicans will probably dig their heels in deeper. But this is going to pass tonight in the House, in the Senate later this week, and President Biden, despite some early indications from the White House that it was displeased with this, are going to go along, and the shutdown's going to be averted. So if you are like me, and you have any Thanksgiving travel plan that involves anything that is federally regulated, hello, trains, airplanes, all those things will be fully staffed and should be as smooth as can be done on a heavy holiday weekend travel. Major, do either of the plans or either bill include additional aid for Ukraine or Israel? No, uh, they do not. What they do do is they maintain spending at current levels. That's why the Freedom Caucus is against it. There's no spending cuts. Plus, there are no riders. There are no policy riders. There are no, quote-unquote, poison pills, meaning things inserted in the legislation that's going to antagonize House or Senate Democrats or the Biden White House. They are essentially as clean as you can find. And that's why Democrats are basically saying, you know, we can, we can live with this. It's not perfect, but we can live with this. And having lived through the chaos and watched the chaos of House Republicans not even having a speaker for three weeks, finding something that you can vote for, that you can live with, that you don't prefer is the essence of compromise. What that means is there still has to be a meeting of the minds on aid to Israel. There has to be a meeting of the minds quite separate from this on Ukraine, border security, and anything that's going to go on the Asia-Pacific. That is a whole other conversation. But that conversation can now be more aggressively dealt with now or very soon that the shutdown specter will be lifted. Major Garrett is I'm not with saying us. It's going to be easy. I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but they can focus on it. I want to ask you a question that many are saying points to the dysfunction in the Republican Party. Matt Gates is filing a formal ethics complaint mm-hmm. against former Speaker Kevin McCarthy. He says that yeah. McCarthy 
got in a elbow match with Tim Burchett in the hallway. All three are Republicans. He says that it happened in the hallway. McCarthy says, look, it was a tight hallway. Burchett says, no, you elbowed me in the back. You were pushing me around. Matt Gates, not involved, now files an ethics complaint. What is happening? I wish I could tell you. I mean, I, I wish I wish I could say that this was a skit idea tossed out of the SNL writer's room. <laughs> because that's what it sounds like. Hey, I know. Let's have a skit where one backbencher says he's elbowed in the kidneys and he's injured by the former Speaker of the House. The <laughs> former Speaker of the House says, you know what? Go get yourself a trial attorney. Why don't you? And then the guy who ousted the Speaker from just a couple of weeks ago says he's going to go to the Ethics Committee. How about that? And I would look around and say, are you crazy? That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. We can't make a skit out of that. No one would believe something that ridiculous, except when it happens in real life. So I don't know what to do with it. I mean, I really don't. I, I think reality TV is, is the well, answer, Major. I think reality I mean, TV Republicans, show. <laughs> what this means is aggravation, Republican on Republican, is real. And it is not isolated. It is symptomatic of a party that cannot agree on what it agrees on, is not necessarily wholeheartedly sold on the person who appears to be the inevitable nominee, Donald Trump. They all say so in public, but they all have their reservations. Those reservations get deeper, though not publicly disclosed, with the more grotesque former President Trump's rhetoric becomes, and it got very grotesque this weekend. It's a party that doesn't understand itself. And the friction over that is now manifesting itself in physical altercations. Whether it was violent or not, I don't know. I wasn't there. Thank God I was in Atlanta. (laughs) House Republicans (laughs) appear to be in agreement, Major, that Johnson's plan will pass. But are there some conservatives who strongly oppose it? Is it split within the party in your estimation? Oh, sure. Sure. I mean, the Freedom Caucus always wants more from leadership, and they certainly want more than what Democrats want. But the Freedom Caucus is certainly entitled to its opinion. It can vote no. But guess what? You lose your leverage, and they will see this play out this week when there can be a bipartisan agreement and bipartisan collaboration, which is exactly what's going to happen. And if you force your leadership, meaning if you're a House Republican, and you force your Republican leadership to look for votes, from House Democrats, guess what the product is going to look like? Less than you want in the first place. Only by remaining cohesive can Republicans get some of what they want, but they will get much less of it when they bolt leadership and then force leadership because it has to avoid a shutdown by getting Democratic votes. This is a very simple proposition. It is not complicated. It is basic civics. You learn about it in the eighth or ninth grade, and yet the Freedom Caucus either refuses to learn that lesson or misremembers what it actually is about. CBS's Major Garrett is with us. Major estimates are 300,000 people were on the mall for the March for Israel march that took place in rally this afternoon. What's the biggest rally you can remember covering, seeing in the nation's capital? Oh, well, I think it would probably be the Million Man March. Um, that was that was enormous. That covered the the entire mall uh the largest inauguration i covered was undoubtedly president obama's first inauguration um and uh i'm trying to think if there was uh another i mean so 
lots of lots of uh, uh, rallies and demonstrations come to the mall all the time. Um, but I would say the Million Man March was the one that that stands out to me as one of the largest, if not the largest, of my lifetime in Washington. It's possible that I have forgotten one or another uh, in in the many years I've been in Washington since 1990. But that's the one that sticks out to me the most. When will your reporting from Atlanta air? Uh, after Thanksgiving. It's it's a long it's it's a piece on something that's happening in many states, driven by frustration over the 2020 election and denialist misinformation, but it's happening nonetheless. Here in Georgia and other states, citizens are empowered to challenge the registration of other voters and are doing it in larger and larger numbers. And most of the people who are filing these individual citizen challenges are doing it over address technicalities or things like that. And people are losing their status as voters, even though they are eligible voters. And the citizens think they're doing a good thing by, quote unquote, cleaning up the rules. The voters who are losing their status in some cases are like, I didn't do anything wrong. It's just a technicality. Why can't I vote? It's more of these pressures and schisms over what is or isn't fraudulent or legitimate in the voting space. And it's going to play out even more in 2024. So I'm taking a close look at it. Major Garrett is CBS's chief Washington correspondent, agent of Betrayal, the podcast. Check it out. It is fascinating. You listen to one, you're going to listen to all of them and want more and more and more. The Takeout Podcast, heard on WTMJ. Major, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. Thank you much.